0: Hey guys, welcome to the Tech People Podcast. My name is Ken Coin. I'm your host and founder, as well as head of technology at Ops Talent. I believe at the heart of any success story are the people who made it happen. Diversity, creativity, and innovation, when nurtured in people, can lead to an unbeatable formula. I created this podcast to share the experiences of some truly inspirational leaders on their journey to success. Enjoy the show! Hi guys, welcome back. This is your host, Ken Corn speaking. We continue our customer experience series this week, where we discuss how do you approach building a B2B experience in fintech. I'm delighted to welcome back Thomas Salas, who is the Head of Customer Experience at PAG Go Next. We had a great chat with Thomas last year when he worked at the fintech curve on evolving customer experience, but in a B2C environment. We received a huge response to this podcast, and today I'm very excited to learn from Thomas that. How he is approaching his new challenge in relation to B2B? What are the problems and potential solutions he is facing? So without further
1: ado, let's get on with the podcast. Welcome back to the show, Thomas. Hi, Ken. Thank you for having me here again. Uh, I really enjoyed last time we talked, and when you approached me recently, I said, why not? I I uh, I really had a, a good experience with you. I'm discussing my experience at curve, and now I'm moving in as you said into a B2B experience so happy to to be here again and chatting with you. Well the
0: feeling is mutual I mean we, like I said it's one of the highest listenerships we had on our previous podcast with you fantastic feedback so I'm really looking forward to getting the feedback again and you, I suppose, you sharing your current experiences and challenges, and maybe we can get some feedback from other people in the community as well, and how they may be approaching similar challenges. As we start, let's maybe, if you can get a bit uh, reminder about you, who you are, and what your current role is, please, Thomas.
1: Thanks, Ken. So, as you said, my name is Thomas Salis. I'm Argentinian, and I moved to Europe eight years ago to do an MBA. I've been living uh, between Spain and the UK, working for companies such as Vodafone, Spotify or the FinTech Curve based in the UK. And now I'm back in Madrid working for Pagonex, which is a Santander company.
0: Yeah, awesome. So, yeah, that's a big change this time from your previous experience. Moving uh, now into the B2B world of customer experience. So talk to us. Tell
1: us. I mean, how is that different, and how are you? How are you approaching this? It is indeed. I mean, as, as I just said, my experience was mainly based on final customers, the bottom Spotify forty-five curve. Um, okay. Now I decided to jump into a new, new segment, a, a different type of mindset from a customer perspective, which is providing support and providing services. To employees of the companies, I think that the main challenge is that what I'm saying essentially, the needs of the company are completely different from the needs of our end consumers, and the motivators and the reasons why employees of the companies or customers or, or clients might contact you might be driven by different reasons. So one of the things that I I am learning, I'm still learning actually, is that okay. I need to consider that. Even that they are employees, that doesn't exclude them from having access to a world-class customer experience, and that at the end, people behind those companies are the ones taking those decisions. So there's some things that are similar and some things that are completely different. If you allow me, from a B2C and a B2C, uh, B2B and B2C perspective.
0: Yeah, and how, so how do you go how are you approaching this and how do you remain from the different B2C experience?
1: So, I, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to bring my background from the B2C, trying to consider those end users or those uh, employees as the key decision makers. And what I'm doing is adapting the team needs or adapting our products and our services actually to what our Clients are needing, so for example, employees compared to customers might they probably will be calling nine to six at your working hours and okay. they usually call during lunch or they might be calling at any time they they is completely different real customers they might be calling you usually during lunch because it's the time when they are off for a after working hours because of that so. In this case, just to give you an example, one of the things that we are doing here or or the things that I brought is, why don't we adapt, and and we're not the only ones doing it uh, by the way, but it was something that hasn't been thought until I arrived, is why don't we adapt to the employees, why don't we adapt to the clients, so instead of, of of course, they're going to have a phone line and they can call us at any time, but instead of, making them hang, hang, be on the phone, calling us and waiting for us to answer them. Why don't we carry a call with them, depending on the open slot? So we know that most of employees, Mm -hmm. they set up agendas now with COVID even more. So everyone has a better time management skills. So instead of making them to call us, it's more on, Allowing them to arrange a call with us whenever is more suitable for them.
0: Yeah, okay, interesting.
1: And then, yeah, so
0: is it mostly then phone call driven or is it a mix of phone call and I No,
1: actually, actually, I'm driving and pushing for a digital experience. We're going to be supporting clients in the same uh, B2C channels, email, secure messaging, uh, or chat as you want to call it, and we're going to have a phone line as well. But if they want to call, we know that probably it's for something that they want or, or it's something that they don't want to send it over emails. So we are offering that, that opportunity. But the strategy will be a, more, a digital driven one in which we're also building a health center for those employees to see how they can solve their issues.
0: Interesting. And this, uh, you know, like
1: the previous role you had was, I
0: suppose, quite international um, in Curve and I suppose also on Spotify. Is this
1: going to be international also or is it Spanish based or? That's a great question. So one of the things that I haven't shared yet and note I think we should include it later is that Pagonex, at the moment, I am leading the customer experience for the trade services which means that we are going to be providing services for companies that they would like to either make transactions internationally or, yeah. uh, or domestically as well, but also companies that might be interested on c- connecting to one of the payment schemes that Santander and Pagonex have. So essentially, if a company wants to automate a payment process, they can easily connect to our API and that will allow us to connect to the, to the payment schemes that, that we have access to without them having to do all that uh, labor work. So to your question, this is going to be a global role. It's going to yeah. be a global offering that we will be targeting first European markets and then Latin America where Santander has a strong presence, but we're not excluding Asia, we're not excluding uh, Africa, and uh, we're going to be offering companies from across the across the globe that would love to have access to these solutions without having them to be something their clients.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah, because I was just thinking there, I mean, when I go back to what you mentioned there about the difference with the B2B and the B2C, and the whole idea of having the multiple channels i wonder in your experience on the different markets like is is one market prefers making calls or do they prefer uh, digital channels or is it kind of you know, it's very much aligned across these different markets in your experience
1: this is coming to what i was telling you before at the end that there's there's people behind taking those decisions and there are some cultural nuances that we need to consider at the moment we are just launching, so my experience at Pago Next is more on the implementation process, and actually that's one of the learnings I'm taking from this, because I am having the opportunity of building up a team from scratch, from ground zero, as in any any startup fintech. But I will I can leverage on something this infrastructure and, and sometimes knowledge. So it's a, at the end, it's the best of the, of the two worlds, having a FinTech, but at the same time, having the experience and the core of a banking industry, which means at the moment, compared to my previous roles in which I was more doing change management and transformation management, in this case, I am on an implementation phase Moving into production, as I, as I call it, essentially, and being able to set up my team, setting up the structure, the processes and how we work. But coming to your question again, I believe that it's a cultural thing. And that's why we are offering three different channels, because we know that depending on where people are, they might prefer to contact in different ways. So if someone is in, uh, in, or any other place in Europe, most likely they might be sending us an email or, or starting up a job because it's uh, most cost-efficient or because they know that their working hours are completely different. But I know if if the company is a Spanish one or the company leadership is uh, are Spaniards, most likely they will pick up the phone and they will call because of the the relationship they built with Banco Santander and with Pago next.
0: Okay, very interesting. And tell me a bit, I mean, obviously you've got fantastic B2C experience. How is that helping you in the current role, uh, Thomas?
1: So as, as I was telling you before, I'm very happy where I am. And one of the things that I enjoy the most is about challenging the sales core cool and seeing how can we make things better for the client, for our customers. So okay. one of the things that I'm bringing coming from the B2C world and this new team, which is, by the way, informed by a lot of people coming from the bank and with a lot of experience, which I'm also learning from on B2B, on how to handle other companies and, and corresponding bankings. In this case, I am challenging them and seeing how can we do things better for the client. And I'm acting as the voice of the customer in most of the meetings that I'm attending or discussions that I'm having. How can we make things better for our customers, regardless if it's a company or regardless if it's the the owner of the company or if it's an, an operational users. But the point is, how can we make things in a way that will make things easier for our clients? My mission, our team, the customer experience team mission at Pagon X is to empower our clients to unlock the potential of, of the Next services. So that's essentially like how the B2C experience has been helping me. It's about pushing one, the extra mile and making those teams to think on independent human beings that can take actions and that if we go that extra mile, if we solve their problems, we're gonna be educating and building loyal clients that will stay longer with us.
0: Yeah, and, and it all makes sense. I mean, completely. especially I suppose when you—that's what's the reason why you're, it's a fintech now, even though it's within a large bank. It's that idea of going from the old style banking
1: to new modern way of banking. Um, I think I think it's you're right. It's a new concept because I mean I have the back of a big company as one of the biggest Spanish banks as Banco Santander. there, but at the same time I'm having the autonomy to work as a startup fintech and defining the processes are working as such. So it's learning about both things. I was coming from two companies which really, really good products from a customer perspective, but both of them were startups, at least when I joined, and now I'm I'm learning how to swim in this new arena, you know, like having that autonomy as a as a startup, but at the same time having to follow or leveraging on some of the processes that Santander has already defined. Yeah, fantastic, Thomas. Talk to me
0: about uh, you, you know you mentioned touch on some of the challenges. So, what are the what I mean? What are the major challenges you're facing?
1: So, the main challenges that that I'm facing at the moment is one is what I just said, I would answer having the agility and the responsiveness to the fintech environment and at the same time to the big corporations' procedures. And in terms of where are I at the moment, the main challenge is to ramp up the team. At the same time, we provide support to those different segments. So, so within the, the B2B environment, we are splitting the service in in different segments so one of the main challenges is that some segments need more attention and more support than, than others so my main challenge is, is building a cx customer experience culture team building the culture within the team ramping okay. up the team and making sure that i still keep on providing a world class customer experience. So, so that I think that's one of the the main challenges besides what, what I was mentioning, like defining the fintech startup culture, working on one of the biggest Spanish banks and putting the customers' employees at the center of our mission.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, yes. a lot of work to do there. It is, it is. But I'm, <clears throat> I'm really enjoying it because it's starting from scratch, something starting something from ground zero and being able to take my learnings and experiences from my previous roles.
0: Yeah, awesome. I mean, I know it's still early days, you've only just started, but do you have solutions already or are you still working
1: on them or what are you looking at in
0: terms of these solutions?
1: So what I can share with you is that solutions I can mention, the one that I mentioned to you about, adapting the phone callbacks, for example, or what I mentioned previously about the digital support hub for our employees to make them more autonomous and allow them to find their queries, which is something quite common in the B2C arena. But as a B2B, usually you end up spending uh, putting a team to support your partners and your clients. And what we want to do is, as I was saying, trust in our clients, empower them and allow them to do whatever they want. Of course, we're going to be there for them whenever they need us. And we are treating them as our partners, not as our clients. But okay. we are also setting up an environment for them to feel that they're part of a community and that they can solve their issues without having to contact customer experience. This is something I told you, on our last podcast, but if you don't remember, to me, the best customer experience is the one that never happens. And yes. that sounds counterintuitive, but essentially, if you need to contact the customer experience, if you need to contact customer support, it means that you have a problem. And if that's the problem, then that's the bad thing. So one of the things that we're trying to do is to minimize the opportunities of having a problem or at least helping our users to find the solution for themselves in a B2B environment, which means adapting to the way they understand information, adapting to their needs, adapting to how they process and how they understand that help being given. But one of the other things that I want to mention is that since I joined, In most worlds nowadays, customer experience is an outsourced activity. In this case, because of the complexity and the knowledge expertise you need for our product, because of the type of companies that we are targeting, I've decided to build an in-house team full of uh, payments, trading, uh, and banking experts that could sit in front of of the owner of the company and can explain the reasons and can really support them. So that's also something to consider and something to think in terms of solutions. So we are targeting to high resolution rate and we are targeting to have the right people for the role, regardless of what the client might be contacting us. But having experts... That can help our clients on
0: the first hand, and on the first yeah. time. Ah, awesome. very important that the people are educated and know the knowledge of the systems. Actually, speaking of systems and the technology, are you having to build all the systems from scratch, or are you using existing
1: systems from the bank, or do you really built systems in the marketplace? That's a really good question, uh, and and it's a mix, to be honest. Uh, so. For some of the big tools that we are using, we are leveraging on, on Santander infrastructure and we are using some, of, uh, most of the tools that the rest of the company is using because at the end, even though we are a different entity, we need to partner with the different Santander teams and we need to have communication with those teams. So. We are using the same tools as as the rest of the the Santander group, but in my experience, I am pushing and I'm 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 working to implement some new tools that can help us to provide a world class experience and that had not been thought within here because they were using the same tools as before. So coming back to what I was telling you about challenging the sales school. I am putting my head most of the in, in many times in which I'm I'm asking myself do I need to continue with the process that has been defined already or can I change it can I improve it and that's one of the main questions I usually do on meetings like why do we need to continue with this is there any better way of doing it and not because someone else is doing it it means that we can't we need to follow the same path so I am I am Continually fostering my team to explore at the same time think out of the box and find solutions and ways to provide the quality of the services that I'm aiming us to provide. So in terms of tools, is a mix, but we're also working on some other tools regarding quality assurance, regarding the knowledge base, and regarding some support for these experts, these consultants that can put them on the right place, on the right track to provide this great experience that we are aiming.
0: So, in relation to the solutions that you are currently developing, are you able to give us some further information in terms of what has worked well or maybe has not worked so well and how is that
1: going? Great question. So, what I can tell you there is that actually, because we are in the implementation phase, we are building those solutions. So, to give you one one example, the customer experience team is in charge of assisted onboarding to most of our big companies. So, the CX team is the one in charge of guiding them and working for those companies to be accepted under any financial service. Which means it's a heavy loaded work that we need to work and. Uh, we draft a roadmap, but actually as, as we start testing that out and seeing with some friends and family how can we improve the process, we realized that things were not working as we were expecting. At the end, we are learning how to move as a fintech within the big family that is Grupo group of And one of the things that I believe I am bringing on one of the solutions or one of the key messages I, I guess I, w- I want to bring here is about failing failing fast but also being agile so you can iterate and improve what you are building. So there's no magic recipe about like what solution goes right or well or I can we can spend the entire day on tricks on or solutions that I can share but the truth is more about the agile ad- and how you confront those problems or things that did not work well and how you change it. So in our case, it was more an attitude about facing a challenge, reviewing it, doing some retrospectives, and changing and tweaking it and and testing it again. I'm not inventing any will here, but I think that the key is that I am focusing on building a customer experience and making things right for the client. And this is what we are doing. So in the onboarding, the first onboarding, of course, was a very messy one. But I believe that onboarding exercise was a messy one. But now we're moving into a more uh, steady pace and we are coming up with solutions that are working for us because of our infrastructure, because of our environment and our key players and partners. That's something definitely that I can share about solutions.
0: Very interesting. I'm looking forward to uh, following up on this this discussion in the future and seeing if the vision that you have now would be the same vision you have in, say, six months or a year's time as it evolves and as it develops, it's going to be quite interesting to see the evolution.
1: I'm very keen on, on having that discussion to, to our future us because, uh, as as you're saying, I mean, this is going to evolve a lot. Uh, the fintech industry is evolving really fast. There's a lot of companies offering several products, finding solutions to problems that no one has thought about or that the current Infrastructure has thought about uh, has fine but now the environment is different. The, the the situation is different. So I believe that Pagon Next has found a good solution that can help a lot of companies that are that are abroad and maybe they want they want to get their profits, their revenues, and receive them in Europe without mm-hmm. having to jump between five different banks in order to get that money back to them. Or there are a lot of solutions for, yeah, companies that they wanna connect to the European payment schemes and they don't know how to do it. But in a few years, I think that this market is gonna be, we're gonna have a lot of more of uh, learning and understanding about the FinTech environment and the industry. And uh, at the end, the key players that will keep on working and will keep on growing are the ones that not only have a product offering that suits their customers' purposes, but also that build a relationship with their partners and that can bring loyalty. So as, as a company, now now as a, as a Pago next, I believe that in five years, we have the opportunity now from ground zero to define our roadmap, define our mission, define what type of company do we want to be in five years and how can we make things better for our customers? How do we build loyal B2B customers? which is a completely, again, different motivators and different reasons to select from a final customer. So at the end, it's also building partnerships, building loyalty between companies. So so you can build, who knows, long-term relationships.
0: Yeah, fantastic. A very exciting journey.
1: How do you... Um... It sounds like you've a lot of
0: functionality to deliver, a lot of features, there's a lot of feedback to handle. How do you prioritize and deliver these solutions?
1: At the moment, what we are doing is we're building that roadmap I'm mentioning, and we have a roadmap. We have some products, some features that are easier to deploy, that are easier to develop. And there are some other features that we are always putting the customer as the center of it. So sales, customer experience, or any other team that can be in contact with clients is one of the main drivers to bring feedback into the company and understand what is the problem, what might be the solution that we can offer And how can we do it? So in terms of prioritization, it's based mainly on what the customer is needing, how feasible it is for us to leverage on the current technology that we have. And uh, we don't need to forget that there are some regulatory needs that we need to fulfill. So that is also part of of the equation, I would say, in terms of what are the features that should go first Towards our first client.
0: Regulations are a big challenge.
1: It is. I mean, at the end, I, I am a decent part or a small part of the process, but there's a lot of teams involved product, compliance, sales, the developers, the engineers. There's a lot of teams involved on how can we provide the best solution to our clients and how can we do it in time, following all the regulations and knowing that. Yeah. We are a fintech but we are also following banking guidelines
0: yeah
1: not not easy Thomas not easy it's um, not it's not but why do
0: we live for what do we live for yeah that's true that is true well listen i won't keep any longer uh, fantastic to speak to you again today thank you for your time i wish you all the best uh, for the future and hopefully you will come on board again and give us an update maybe in six months a year and tell us how your journey is going.
1: Of course, always a pleasure to be with you Ken. Thank you for the invite and I hope uh, everyone enjoyed what we've been discussing about.
0: Great right, Thomas, thank you, have a good day.